the record button has been smashed. The mm-hmm. record button has been smashed. So now I can tell my co-hosts and the world I am entering my green hat era. Okay. A, I would just get a, a comment, green though. hat. Yeah, I feel like I've never seen you wear a hat with it's a, a bill hat. before. It's a solid look. Thanks. You don't have, like you a, don't a have anything on your hat. Cap? No, it's, like it's a, just like a, a green hat. It's got a brown strap in the back to oh, keep it baby. on my head. <laughs> and it's just like... You know, I feel like it's really chill vibes. This hat, I saw it in Target. It was like mm-hmm. 12 bucks. I bought it a couple of years ago. It's just been floating around my house. And I said to myself, I said, John, today's the day. You're going hat mode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hat mode. Finding the right hat that fits look. your vibe is uh, it's a great feeling because you could have just as easily like gotten one of the, what do you even call those? Those like English cab hats, those like flat caps. Oh, those are the worst. Yeah. Not many guys. There are guys that exist who can well, be sure. that kind of guy. Once but, every couple of years, I think I could try to rock that and I'd see myself in the mirror and I'm like, nope. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like uh, thinking you're going to look good. Like you're like, oh, I'm going to a summer concert. Maybe I should tie a bandana around my head. And then you take one look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, maybe nobody should ever tie a bandana around their head. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not fucking Axl Rose right now. I just yeah. look like an idiot. So wait, wait, if you could have anything on your hat, like a logo or anything, what would it be? I would want a little... Uh, one of the characters from Chrono Trigger, or maybe a couple of them. Mm, like maybe get a little cool. Magus and a Robo and a Luca, because pixel art is always cute, and you can kind of identify it from a distance because mm-hmm. it's you mm-hmm. know it's low res, so the the pixel designs are meant to be readable even even from a ways mm, away. Oh, yeah. I could totally embroider that for you if you want. Yeah. I oh, one hundred percent. Hell yeah. Yeah, I got I got the Doomer shop is uh, up and running. It's uh, actually I'm doing um. I, I'm importing bootleg Legos now. <laughs> really? It's like the Doomer Shop is really just blocks. things that I like. It's like... Uh, oh, yes. I finally received my shipment of Danish Uplo blocks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then like little Lego trucks. Like not not Lego. Just, like bootleg. Commercially not. distinct. There are, no, there are no logos or anything. They are compatible. Mm. A, a mm. plastic miniature figure truck game piece lego compatible uh plastic miniature building blocks and but yeah, i dude, swear to god want. if you call them a bong i will kick you out of the head <laughs> Any, anything you want i'll uh, i could embroider that hell yeah i got lots of ideas i'm this is just me i'm just now dipping my toe into the water of being a hat guy because i've tried it a mm-hmm. couple times it never really took now i have a hat i really really like i mean i was always a winter hat guy Sure. I love Necessity. a winter hat. Yeah, I have yeah. dozens of them. So ever uh, since the whole FTX thing collapsed, I've actually been selling shirts and hats with the FTX logo on them. Mm, and it says nice. risk management department. <laughs> I was like, come on, they got enough to deal with. They're not going to send their lawyers after me for a logo. No, nah, I don't know. You, you should do one that's like the Fox Motorsports logo. But instead of Fox, it says FTX Motorsports. <laughs> Tough mutter. Yeah. Uh, you know, kind of get the whole get the whole Ed Hardy like vibe aesthetic mm, going that's on. That's a good aesthetic. Yeah. <laughs> it is a good aesthetic. And I bet a lot of crypto bros who now have a lot less money than they thought are going to start seeing the merits of stuff that was invented by extremely smart hillbillies uh, <laughs> many decades ago. <laughs> yeah. Is FTX still like in existence as a company? Like I thought they lost all the money they well, had. So to kind of recap lawyers? what's going on right now, um, a bunch of... So like Maxine Waters, who did actually take money from Sam Bankman Freed. Gislaine Maxine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, she's Maxine Waters is now parading Sam Bankman Freed around as the guy who's going to save crypto through regulation, which is like, this is after, <laughs> after Wait. he scammed people out of tens of billions of dollars. She's doing this right now? <laughs> to, 
and the, the funniest thing about the whole like the, the Democrat thing is he was giving money to Democrats and Republicans, sure. but he was giving money to Republicans through like dark money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the Democrats, he was giving a lot more money to them out in the open in order to, right. because he, he felt that it would like morally absolve him somehow. So there's all this shit coming out and he's, he's not going to go to jail. He is going to basically like this, this whole thing has been an op to centralize global finance further to consolidate power uh, and to make it so that people who want to like use currencies outside of, you know, government central bank issued currency don't have that option or are considered criminals. Like that's well, yeah, been the, the objective of the entire operation. And, and it's also like really fucking stupid how they're trying to play it. Like he was uh, like, there's this, there's this common kind of like trope. It, it's especially popular with hackers, but you see it with other groups as well, where it's like, I'm a black hat hacker. I work outside the law and I do things that are unscrupulous. But then when the world is in crisis, <laughs> I'm the I've only one with the yeah. skills. I've seen dozens. of this <laughs> yeah. <movie. laughs> And they're trying to play this off. Like Sam Bangman freed is that guy. But let me tell you, man, Finance is not hacking. The technical translation of skills is not the same. So when in in eight years, when Bankman Fried is inevitably chairman of the SEC or whatever, <laughs> it's, it's going to be a pretty unfunny fucking joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that guy should be in jail, um, and everybody who he collaborated with, including every single politician he donated to, should also be in jail. Yeah, put mm-hmm. him or in worse, jail. much, much worse. Mm-hmm. Everyone um, in his polycule as well. They, what did they know? God, when did they know so it? So gross. Go to Gulag. <laughs> whole polycule. Gulag. <laughs> <laughs> We're putting whole polycules in the Gulag. <laughs> they're all celebrating because they're like, "I hope we can bunk together. We're going to get like a twelve-person <laughs> prison cell together. You can bunk together. Sixteen hours." day work (laughs) (laughs) eight eight hours for polycule weird sex play eight hours for work and another eight hours for work (laughs) that's the worker's dream right there That's right. Speaking of workers' dreams, welcome to BP Bledis, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to our show. Uh, this is a free episode. We have John Todd and Chris here. And speaking of people who should be put into jail, let's talk about the Northeastern University Administration. So I just found this article maybe about a half hour before we did the show, and I quickly read it. It's by Edward Ongueso Jr., <laughs> who does really, really good uh, reporting. Shit. Yeah, so in October, uh, Northeastern University, which is in Boston, Massachusetts, uh, quietly introduced heat sensors, which they placed under desks in their university without notifying students or seeking their consent. Now, what's interesting is that they installed the motion centers under the motion sensors under the desks at the interdisciplinary science and engineering complex, which is a facility that is used by graduate students and home to the quote cybersecurity and privacy institute. So they're trying to do <laughs> cyber surveillance on people who are professional academics. St- 
studying cybersecurity. <laughs> wow. Maybe this is just somebody's grad project. Like, uh, <laughs> maybe they're they're like, uh, yeah. So my thesis is, you know, about tracking workers at their desks. <laughs> so I put all these experimental devices around, and then well, somebody found them, and this grad student who did it is just like too scared to speak up. Yeah, I can't. He's like, yeah, I now. bet it was the administration. <laughs> well, no, the administration immediately fessed up to it, which is really weird. Uh, and when they needed an explanation, they they told the students and the grad students that it was a quote study on desk usage, according to a blog post. <laughs> and so the the the, mm. the idea here is that they make a certain amount of money based on the number of people that are using this lab at any given time. I don't know exactly how it works. I scoured this article to try to find out the mechanism by which that works. It doesn't <laughs> explain it, but it seems to be the case. And so it seems like the plan was they put desk sensors in the entire lab by the way these are heat sensors at groin level that's how they tell you're there and like the vice article <laughs> literally used the words horny. groin yeah, what level if, yeah. what if you're really hot what if your nuts are really hot and you register as two people at once well like, that's the other that thing that so, <laughs> <laughs> they can tell when you're having sex at your desk yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they, they also said like it's everything's supposed to be anonymized but it's okay. like how is a study on desk usage going to be useful data if you anonymize it it's that's what they always say when they're when they're clearly not going to anonymize it like if you're bringing up like just so you know we're not going to link this to the person it's captured from then it's definitely doing that right study on which desks they can cut to save money as if they weren't already charging sixty thousand dollars for undergraduate tuition Right, but I, was, I, I, I just want to like make that clear. This university charges sixty grand a year. Mm-hmm. Well, and Insane. it's also interesting because like you already need a badge and to check in to use the lab, so they can already track desk usage. So it's a nonsense <laughs> explanation in the first place. Yeah, I was gonna say it's like leave it to a bureaucrat to be like, what's the best way to see how many desks are being used and by who? Do we have the guy who's already sitting there just like? write down on a notepad or do we install a thing under every desk that's expensive right then maybe that'll save us money (laughs) so so there was a blog post by uh, max von hippel who's a privacy institute phd candidate who wrote about this situation for the tech workers coalition newsletter and he said quote during the pandemic a lot of computer science students stopped coming to the office so often and for good reason it was unsafe to come for many students and moreover all we do is write computer code we don't really need to be in the office it was sort of bad optics if you walked around this big, beautiful glass building, you'd look around and see a big, empty building. But this is one of the buildings that Northeastern uses to advertise the school. You can see how this would bother the administration, so they'd want to move more students and people into the building. Which is like, if you are going to the point of doing like weird cyberpunk surveillance on your students and workers just to make sure that your flagship building that's on the cover of some fucking brochures has some people in it when other people drive by it on their way to work like what kind of administrative these universities universities need to be shut down their endowments need to be seized and their entire administrative staff needs to be put in prison they should just be handed the directly to these grad workers the yeah. grad workers and all the students should just run the, the inmates school. should be running the asylum Absolutely. I mean, there's that a really great to society too. There's a really great series on some, I think it was a French experimental psychologist who 
like I don't remember his name. Uh, Death Panel talks about him sometimes, but he did. Um, it, they also mentioned it in their book, Health Communism, which is really really good. But he did some experimental sessions where he got patients really really involved in administrating their own treatment, mm. and uh, he received incredible amounts of pushback from the professional community. But guess what? He got some pretty impressive results. <laughs> yeah, <like> but <laughs> uh, you know, commercialized medicine is not about results. It is about profit. It's about how much yeah. fucking money that money got mm. escarole. They can give me that fucking juice out of you. Give me that fucking opium cash. Give me That's that right. fucking benzo cash. Yeah, mm-hmm. they love it. That textbook cash, that computer cash, that desk <laughs> cash. I guess they're making money on desks now. I don't know. Where, where does it end? I'm smoking that desk cash. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of smoking Smoke. that desk cash, um, apparently during the New York Times was holding a summit mm-hmm. called the Deal Book Summit mm-hmm. and uh, somebody smashed the front of the building where people like Benjamin Netanyahu, Mike Pence, and Eric Adams were presenting. Mm-hmm. Uh, they smashed the front of the building with a brick, which cool brick. rocks. I love awesome. that. You know, a Ooh. brick really says it all. There's no mistaking the message in a brick. A brick through the window really says, like, you know, there's this uh, thing in Prague that's happened so many times throughout thousands of years of history when there, there's a big political upheaval they throw people out windows. It's mm. called the defenestrations of Prague. <laughs> and defenestrating someone is when you throw them out a window. <laughs> and I've I always love loved it. that there's a word just for that. Like when yeah. I was in middle school and found that out, I was like, oh, that is the most epic thing well, I've ever yeah. seen. When they do defenestration in Prague, nobody bats an eye. When somebody <laughs> tries to do it at Nancy Pelosi's house, suddenly there's a problem. Suddenly there's a huge issue. It's only one story. Like, Paul would have probably been fine if he flew out that window. I don't know what we're even talking Fucking about. It still it. Are you saying the United States doesn't have as much of a stomach for violence as the Czech Republic? Are you kidding me, America? Get it together. Uh, no, no shade to the Czech Republic. But... Um, yeah, it's just, it's so clear what a brick through the window means. And I am I look forward to finding out more info about this. Although, unfortunately, uh, for a few weeks after stuff like this happens, all you really get is police reports, mm. which are not fucking helpful. So the, the funniest <laughs> thing about this is that the Deal Book Summit costs $2,500 a ticket. And one of its headliners was none other than failed crypto billionaire, Sam Bankman Freed. Are you fucking serious? Yeah, they're, fucking, <laughs> they're laundering the guy. They're 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 using his, he's he's a martyr right now, and then they're going to raise him up to martyr status, and he is going to be the guy who got uh you know the the regulations passed that you can't own <laughs> currencies other than like you know central bank backed digital currency. So so this is all just the the results of a prayer Mike Pence did one night at his home in Indiana where he leans over his bed and he says like Lord Jesus Christ in heaven I see what you've done for John Hinckley Jr and I wish you would do it for Sam Bankman Free. <laughs> <laughs> Why? What is this web of influence? This yeah. is like really deranged. It's a big club and you're not in it. <laughs> so he was supposed to be at this event like I think he he, was, he was there. So but he it's not like they booked him before and they were like now that his company is bankrupt and No, I'm pretty sure they him after yeah you're right why 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 are they it's insane dude i keep i keep you keep mentioning it and i'm like oh surely this is like before the fraud came out and it's like no no they like the fraud i guess I don't, they do yeah, they're, like they're the all fraud. elbowing each other in the crowd and they're like man i hope he tells us how he did it i yeah. hope he like they're, like they're like um 
it's like the 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 ruling class version of guys who have bought tickets to a seminar by a pickup artist. That's what this is. That's the same energy that this has. Sam Bangman Fried is just a financial pickup artist. He's like how to how to win how to win money and develop polycule members in five easy steps. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, most of the, the steps secrets. are crypto scams. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of winning people over, uh, I don't want to spend too much time on this because I think that it's honestly at this point it's like voyeurism for mental illness to talk about. But uh, yeah, Kanye did that. He went on Alex Jones with Nick mm-hmm. Fuentes, who is either a Fed or has Fed handlers. Like we know this. Um, and oh, Kanye that's new, at this that's point, new to me. I thought he was just a garden variety absolute dipshit, but I, I believe either. N- you don't you don't get a platform like Fuentes's uh, without outside capital. And he did kind of come from nowhere, didn't he? Yeah, that yeah that, industry plan energy happens. Sure. Um, so whatever game they're playing, <laughs> his with, dad is in the police. <laughs> whatever game, whatever game they're playing with Kanye, it's uh, it's really gross. The guy is yeah. in like a, a cluster B personality disorder spiral, uh, desperate for attention, mm-hmm. and these people like Candace Owens, uh, Nick Fuentes. Uh, Laura Loomer. That was actually pretty funny. He was like, let's let's conference call Laura Loomer into Alex Jones. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Uh, these people are taking advantage oh, of, of Kanye being in this this like mental health episode. And like uh, you know, you can you can hate Kanye, it's fine, it's whatever. Um, but you can also you can hate Kanye and hate what's being done to him because if they can do this to him, well, well you gotta think like, what can they do to you? It's clearly very much worse, you know, if they wanted to, if you spoke out against the regime, basically. But yeah, I mean, I feel I'm not, I'm not saying him. that Kanye like spoke out against the regime and that this is why they're doing this. I'm saying that like anybody can psyop you <laughs> yeah, harder is, than they can psyop these celebrities. Like if the he's celebrities made, he's made psyop, it, yeah. imagine what they can do to you. <laughs> Let's yeah. be clear about what you're saying, Todd. This is a coordinated retaliatory attack by intelligence agencies for Kanye's remark, quote, George Bush doesn't care about black. <laughs> 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 They've been lying in wait for two decades now. How long has it been since Katrina? And they were ready to pounce when he, his yeah. mental illness looked at its worst they would turn him into the real racist. They are still reviewing whether or not they are going to go after Mike Myers next, just because he was in the <laughs> shot with him. He didn't say anything. Yeah, Mike Myers just looked at him and they're like, yeah. Mike Myers should have been like, that's not true. He does care about black people. Yeah. I like Mr. Mike West. Myers. I feel like he's... And Austin Powers did kind of back communism in that one joke that one time. That's yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, Mike Myers is like, uh, he's. He, I don't think he's ever really been canceled or anything problematic. Like The guy just wants to make people laugh, all right? Mm-hmm. Well, that's 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 what I feel like is like the more wholesome an entertainer is, the bigger a chance that they're like an absolute fucking freak weirdo. You know, like if you're a children's entertainer and you're like, I'm Mr. Gary, the f- the fabulous. Uh, you don't need to make one up. Or something. We yeah. talked about it. His name's Blippy. Blippy. He, sh- sure. he, oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> he shit all over his friend on camera to, to the Harlem Shake. Right. And but now he horrifying. children. But yeah. if you're an actor who plays the horniest man in the universe, you're actually just a really sweet guy in person. <laughs> <laughs> that does check out because uh, Pee Wee Herman like went to a porn theater and jacked off and that was very yeah. out of character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We just need more examples that are similar to Austin Powers, but it's Austin Powers kind of a singular figure mm-hmm. in the history of film and television. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nobody has ever been that horny. 
No, no I mean, British man has ever been that horny. That's extremely true. Well, and it's <laughs> yeah. also funny because like Austin Powers, like there's this whole James Bond mythology that it's parodying, but Austin Powers, I feel like at this point is kind of more well known than James Bond. It's like a Weird Al song that is mm-hmm. more influential <laughs> than what it's making fun of. <laughs> like that time that, that Michael Jackson parodied Weird Al's Eat It. And made it all <laughs> yeah. serious and shit. Made it all serious. Sucked. Yeah. Or, or that time Mark Mothersbaugh, I think it was, said that like Dare to be Stupid really upset him because it was a better <laughs> Devo song than any song <laughs> Devo had ever written. Uh, I fucking love that. Yeah, he's that like, rocks. yeah, he's like, I, I kind of hate him for that. And it's like, yeah. you can't really tell if he's kidding or not. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he's just honest and he he's... just knew it was like kind of an interesting thing to say. Mark yeah. Mothersbaugh seems like a quirked up dude. Like I'd, I'd love to share a beer with that motherfucker and be like, tell me man how'd you come up with a rugrats theme because it is so good <laughs> <laughs> it's just you're too you just it's you just move your two fingers on a piano bum, 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 bum. did yeah, you like you, no, learn how to play I, that like yeah i can do that or whatever and it's not gonna go mark mm. mother's <laughs> does it and it goes you know what i mean like yeah. It's like when you hear a uh, like a like a trap beat and there's only three instruments and there's only like two distinct notes and it's like but it goes so crazy hard. You're like losing your mind listening to it. And you're like, I'm going to open up Ableton and you get your three instruments going together. And it sounds like a children's wind up toy breaking down. And it's like, <laughs> man, I don't know. What is the secret sauce? Like, <laughs> well, I feel like it's all in the marketing. If you're just like, get yourself onto like ambient, you know, Instagram or SoundCloud or whatever. And you're like, sure. this sounds like a, a children's toy breaking down. People will be like, holy shit. So nostalgic. <laughs> so beautiful. This He's is incredible. A genius. Yeah. But the market cap on those communities is tiny. Speaking of something that goes crazy hard, uh, Karl Marx. <laughs> yeah. I did <laughs> One not of the expect best to ever do it. I got to tell you, there's a, there's a, uh, not correct, but obviously quite thoughtful, uh, something that someone obviously worked hard on right up about Karl Marx and guess what publication it's in it's Uh-oh. in the New York Times baby the, the journal failing, that speaks for British billionaire the no that's the economist New York Times. <laughs> that's right it's the, the New York Times folks they're failing I forgot the New York Times quote is from Trump the economist quote is from Lenin gotta keep that straight um, <laughs> otherwise a lot of people on both sides of the spectrum are going to be mad at me uh, <laughs> so this is an article that says before he takes on woke capitalism, Ron DeSantis should read his Karl Marx. <laughs> okay. Interesting. I was just like, what the fuck is happening? I'm on board. When I saw that. And so there's, there's a lot of like preamble about woke capitalism and uh, the author is like, I actually have an interesting take on this. And then he proceeds to explain nothing. And there's several paragraphs of this. I'm going to skip all of that stuff. And I'm going to get down to the part where he starts to do uh, analysis of what Marx was saying. And Ooh, let's see okay. if we can suss out where the, he makes a, a couple of critical mistakes. I'm just going to read this to you. Yeah, so here, here, I'm going to start about halfway through the article <clears throat> where things start to get really spicy. The author says, to the extent that cultural reactionaries within the Republican Party have been caught unaware by the friction between their interests and those of the more powerful part of the capitalist class, already, what the fuck are you talking about? I, have, yeah. I am so confused. <laughs> those are the same people. Um, <laughs> yeah, but they're more powerful, John, whatever yeah. that means. <laughs> That's a little anti-Semitic of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so he says when they, when they experienced this friction, they would do well to take a lesson from one of the boogeymen of conservative re- rhetoric and ideology, Karl Marx. 
Throughout his work, Marx emphasized... I'm the motherfucking boogeyman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the specter haunting your feet that stick out from under the blanket. <laughs> yeah, I'm Marx. I'm living in your walls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have your parents check the closet for Marx and Engels. <laughs> <laughs> this is really getting back to our roots. Uh, Marx as the Joker or something. Or yeah. Marx yeah, as yeah. Like Freddy Krueger. Yeah, Freddy. Oh, Marx as Freddy Krueger kind of works, though, because mm-hmm. I like him in a nice sweater. Kruger's sweater game was good yeah and he would just kind of like run after you like explaining social character and like Mm -hmm. history to you yeah but instead of trying stop instead of trying to kill you he's trying to yeah like simultaneously explain dialectical materialism and get you to buy him a beer yeah Um, (laughs) (laughs) so he continues throughout his work Marx emphasized the revolutionary character of capitalism in its relation to existing social arrangements it annihilates the quote old social organization that fetters and keeps down the, quote, new forces and new passions that spring up in the, quote, bosom of society. It decomposes the old society from top to bottom. He's just quoting Marx here and cherry-picking stuff that he thinks sounds nice. And then he says, or as Marx observed in one of his most famous passages, the bourgeois epoch is distinguished by the uninterrupted disturbance of all social conditions. Under capitalism, all that is solid melts into air, all that is holy is profaned, and man is at least compelled to face with sober senses his real conditions of life and his relations with his kind. And I, it's at this exact moment in reading this article that I thought to myself, what normal New York Times subscriber is still reading right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, this doesn't have anything to do with Trump. This isn't Orange Man bad. I'm canceling my subscription. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go listen to all things considered. Because that's mm-hmm. the thing. Like, this is like, a how, bad how many of these are they Googling? Of Marx. Are <laughs> yeah. they Googling, like, bourgeois epic? What, what do either of those mean? They're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, social conditions. What is this? I'm like, what is this saying? And then maybe, like, they're kind of on board. They're confused. Webster's Dictionary defines the labor theory of value as follows. <laughs> Webster's Dictionary defines all that is solid melts into air as. Uh, that's the other thing, too. Is like it's, he's, he's venturing into like the more philosophical and poetic parts of Marx's work. And it's just like, I don't just think this is lost on your readers, bro. I think this is lost on you as you're yeah. reproducing. It. Like, there are implications in the quotes that he's cherry picking that run entirely contrary to the point that he's trying to make, that which rules. I would ha- be able to explain better if it wasn't so like, I don't think it's just unclear. I think it's like confused. I think How much do you like, think this writer's getting paid? Oh, bro. $200,000 a year minimum. Really? Minimum. I, I think I've heard of this guy's name. Jamel Bowie. I think he's like Jay Bowie on Twitter. He's got a lot of followers. He seems like he, he's like a staff writer there, I think. So yeah, Ugh. pretty good. I mean, the way that he writes, I, I get a really big like um, vibe off of, off of this style, which is like, yeah, I've got a thousand paid a thousand words worth of material, but the assignment says it needs to be 3000 words worth of material. And so I'm just going to straight content mine and Absolutely. fill in the gaps with this. Yeah. The times does that all the time. Either they do that or the article is just short. Like they'll write three paragraphs that right. barely go anywhere on some long. It's so it's, it's so weird. It's like the more people are getting paid to write, the worse the writing gets and the lazier it gets. Yeah, the, so the more the, that they resort to the same shortcuts that I used when I was handing in papers in sixth grade. So what's the <laughs> gist of the article? Is uh, Ron DeSantis going to do uh, MAGA communism or something? No, no. I mean, he's really just saying, like, if you guys are so worried about woke capitalism, then you shouldn't be, because even if capitalism is woke, it's actually good. And it's like, 
What? Well, no. What? <laughs> Being woke is good. It's just that anything attached to capitalism is bad. Now, let's not get ahead of ourselves. He's got it completely backward. <laughs> let's not get ahead of ourselves. Being woke in the way that capital is woke is bad because it's capital doing it. Sure, but being mm. normal woke and just having good opinions about social issues or whatever is fine and normal. But like, yeah, the, it, it, it's coming at it from this super perverse angle where it's like, it's it's not that conservatives are assholes because they think that the woke part of woke capitalism is bad. It's that they're assholes because they think the capitalism part is bad. And so it's basically a roundabout way of saying, you think I'm an SJW? Well, actually, you're a Bolshevik. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, is his, is his point that like Ron DeSantis is dumb because Marx said capitalism changes social relations and changes how society views itself so right. therefore woke capitalism is inevitable because it'll like views will change is, is yeah, that the point it's actually productive which is like in a way like in a superficial way kind of true but it like misses the broad point of like that makes it's capitalism is an intermediary phase mm -hmm. and also you know marx thought that like socialism would develop in the most advanced capitalist nations and then that didn't happen so mm -hmm. now if we look back on history it's like oh capitalism might actually in some ways be kind of an optional phase maybe a little um you know social evolutionary cul-de-sac that we should not have gotten stuck in <laughs> mm -hmm. but who fucking knows you know yeah, I, don't, I, I feel like this is also very like it's sort of just like ascribing it's it sort of reminds me of the way people are like Hey, we've raised a lot of people out of poverty using capitalism. Just check out China. It's like, I don't think anything about the system of capitalism has like made anyone more woke. If anything, it's been like class struggle against capitalism by workers. Exactly. That has, you know, it's like workers striking for more rights, workers, the civil rights movement, the gay rights movement. Mm -hmm. None of these were like capitalists getting together and deciding, hey, let's give people more rights because we love melting things that are solid into air or whatever. It was people who weren't capitalists fighting for rights against a capitalist state and eventually moving the needle a little bit. Yeah, it, I think that's a really, really excellent point, Chris. And I think like there's a big parallel there in the way that a lot of people are like, well, if America is such a bad country, why did we produce blues and jazz, the greatest forms, <laughs> most foundational forms of music in the world? And it's like, do you think blues and jazz came from the bourgeois ruling class of the country? Blues <laughs> and jazz are the the cries of the the oppressed, the mm -hmm. most oppressed groups in the entire country. People who were torn from their homeland and brought here, forced to do slave labor. And you're like, actually, that's why Thomas Jefferson was great. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Put yourself in the ground and I will shovel the dirt on top. Like, <laughs> come on, man. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> uh, I wish we had a soundboard still because I want that clip as a soundboard clip. Oh, just like, I should hit I should it during that the, again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get that hooked up. That was fun. Yeah. yeah, well, speaking of people I would like to put in the ground and shovel dirt on top, let's talk about New York City's response to their mental health and homeless crisis that they've been having, which is unfortunately that they are going to ramp up their carceral response. So this you is mean, wait a news. second, you mean that, uh, it, it, that, but just by electing a Democrat in New York City, it didn't fix anything? Mm -hmm. In a fact, it I made that? it worse. I am yeah. shocked. Imagine my shock. Imagine the smell. <laughs> Imagine, look, come on, I am <laughs> utterly stunned. 
Yeah, so this is a, a, a news item that comes from Mayor Eric Adams, and he says that New York City will immediately begin hospitalizing more mentally ill people in a push to remove them from streets in, and subways, to which I have to say, let them be on the fucking streets and subways. They don't have a goddamn house. Where the fuck else are they supposed to go? You're going to put them in jail for like loitering or drug use or whatever. You're going to trump up a bunch of other fucking charges and you're going to make them stamp license plates for the rest of us in invisible slave labor that most of the country isn't even fucking aware of. All for the crime of sleeping on the fucking curb. It's ridiculous. The very easy solution to this is to just confiscate housing units from uh, investment firms, portfolios, foreign mm-hmm. investment, and just house people. And yeah, yeah. Uh, like they're, they're <laughs> I suppose if you wanted to fight back against this, you could sort of like have like an inside job where somebody like just lets a bunch of homeless people into like a luxury building and then they end up getting like squatters rights or whatever. I feel like okay. that could work. That, well, could, what, do, that what, could do something. What about a what about a rebel organization that goes around surreptitiously converting? Because we have a lot of abandoned businesses in this country. Mm-hmm. We're talking like chain businesses that were set up in most every city in America and are now totally abandoned. You got your regional fast food chains, like here in Michigan, we got mm-hmm. Hot and Now. You got your video rental places. Hot you and got Now. Your, what the hot fuck and is now. that? Yeah, <laughs> I've never it, heard of that. It was a drive-through only fast food place. Never they had no it. dining area. You could only get food from your car, and huh. it was the cheapest lowest grade fast food oh but it wow was extremely- that's such a beautifully american thing yeah. you may only dine here if you bring your own automobile but it's cheap back in the 90s <laughs> like in the late 90s like 98 99 my aunt would take us there after we went to the roller rink or whatever and i would get three cheeseburgers and a large fries and it would be like three dollars it yeah. was so <laughs> tight but uh, anyway like those places you take your family videos you take your Kmarts, and then you just kind of like gradually get a squatting population going in there. Or if you want to do it legit, just straight fucking nationalize them. Just create a Mm -hmm. government program that says like, look, we're buying all the family videos and we're turning them into free housing for Uh, people who are in a transitional period in their lives. The problem is at this point, the, the regime being what it is, nationalizing would be just so corrupt and evil that it wouldn't help. What you need mm-hmm. to do is collectivize it uh, from the ground up. Well, maybe more people would be, wouldn't be homeless. Maybe more people would still be in the homes that they previously had if the price of a fast food burger hadn't gone up so goddamn much because hot and now went out of business. <laughs> oh, yeah. well, this place had fish and chips too. I'm just looking at a, a picture of a menu from uh, Wikipedia. They oh, got hell cheese yeah. taters, they got fish and chips, they got blasters like Oreo and Butterfinger shakes. Sick. They got all kinds of burgers. Wow, is this like 10 burgers for $12? Yeah, it they have like wow. great prices. It's incredible. And there's actually one still left. I think it's the original Hot and Now location is still open in Sturgis, if I remember right. Okay. But every single other one has closed. And it's super sad because we used to have one here in Holland. There's one in Grand Rapids that they demolished, but they left the sign up that says, <laughs> so there's still a hot and now sign and it says like, sorry, closed. And then there's literally no building there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I man. love it. Yeah, I miss hot and now. They also had really unique architecture. Like every hot and now was the same shape, this weird, uneven triangle 
thing. Yeah, it's like it's it's all peaked and small because there's no inside area. It's just yeah, like it looks like the, a car wash or where something. Where they cook. Yeah, yeah. Wash yeah, out I love your insides that dying burgers. phenomenon of like um, fast food places with weird shapes because you know that the reason that all the fast food places look the same now mm-hmm. is straight up because they can sell the building later more easily. If you have like mm. a building oh, yeah. shaped like fucking you know, a McDonald's happy meal. Like who are you going to sell that to? But if you have a gray box that looks like every other gray box, you can sell that to some other building, some other fast food chain that needs a gray box. Right. So it's like, if you are, what's a building with, what's a company with a proprietary building? What's like used to be a blockbuster is a really big Twitter mm-hmm. account where you see like a mm-hmm. laundromat or like a Chinese food place or something and it like clearly used to be a blockbuster. Sometimes you can even still see blockbuster in a dust outline on the side <laughs> of the building. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's definitely I've seen images where it's like used to be a bank and then became a fast food place so it's like a a, a Wendy's or something and it just like looks like a a square gray building. I yeah, I always wanted to throw a rave in an empty Best Buy. I always mm. thought that would be mm. really fun. That would be like, really that'd be, cool. That'd be great, yeah. There's a DJ. He's got any equipment he wants. People are like, I don't know, hacking computers and stuff. There's a bunch of dudes playing Guitar Hero. Like, it'd be pretty fun. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like a Dave and Buster's, but you don't pay for anything. You just commit cool oh crimes. God. You oh. hang out. <laughs> this sounds, sounds like amazing. the fucking... This sounds like the uh, the like place where in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, there's like where the Foot Clan hangs out. And there's a bunch of kids like skateboarding and smoking cigarettes and playing arcade games. This is kind of what you're describing if you just added some skate ramps inside the Best Buy. I got to tell you, the the Teenage Mutant, whoever is behind the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles universe really does understand what is and is not cool. Because like pizza, skateboarding, and just Mm -hmm. like saying cool slang words extremely cool, undeniable, all top tier cool cool activities. Yeah. Yeah. running around with obscure weapons from medieval Japan and China and stuff. Also very cool. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Trying to fight crime with your, uh, your brothers. Probably cool. Yeah. Well, and they also, they fought like serious criminals. They fought like guys who were trying to take over the city or the world or something. They weren't doing mm-hmm. that dumb police shit. Like the TMNT never busted anybody for weed. Keep yeah. that in your mind. Children. No, they were the ones smoking weed. That's off screen. Yeah, uh, yeah I, imagine, sure. I imagine. They were yeah. weed coded. We in can my, add them to the Scooby-Doo yeah, list of weed coded characters right. that yeah. are not explicitly. Scooby-Doo is great for that, too, because like people say, like, you know, Velma was lesbian coded. I think one of the the actual like showrunners from back in the day confirmed that recently. It was just like we mm. couldn't say it, but we wanted to have a character. But I'm like, you know. OK, so come out and admit Shaggy is high. Mm-hmm. That's weed. He's baked. That's like, right. It's not just dog food and those Scooby snacks. Why else is he yeah. eating dog food? That doesn't make any sense. I know this is not as important of an issue, but now that we've gotten the important issue out of the way, can you please address my pet concern? Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, we got way off of the notes. What are we talking about? Oh yeah. Oh, we were talking about Eric Adams. Uh, oh the new yeah. Face well, of woke I, capitalism and and uh, all of all of the repression that's going to be happening on a lot of people who frankly are just mentally ill. You know, mental illness is a huge contributor to people ending up out on the street, especially in major urban centers like New York City. And mm-hmm. all the while, while we are criminalizing mental unwellness in this country, meanwhile, intelligence agents are trying to write think pieces in Politico to oh, get us boy. to feel bad for them because they accidentally mentioned a beheading in front of their normie friends. And now their normie friends think they're scary. (laughs) 
So this is an opinion piece in Politico called Opinion. Don't tell your non-work friends about the decapitations. Uh, I already do because I look up stuff about Fort Bragg every week. But <laughs> that's neither here nor Would you consider us your work colleagues? I don't really think of this show as work. No, this is my career, which is a much worse thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, no, this yeah. is a fun little sandbox. I love playing in here. Yeah, this show is about, it's about hanging out and, and vibing. It's about yeah. cracking one open with the boys. That's right. And it's not about trying to, to get sympathy for mental health crises that you brought upon yourself by being an intelligence agent. So uh -huh. I'll just read a little snippet from the intro. It says, many people grow up wanting to be secret agents. Not true. Most yeah. people want to be astronauts and other cool shit. Mm -hmm. uh, I fell into I the field. I to be a podcaster. <laughs> Congratulations, my boy. Yeah, no, I, I feel fucking great. <laughs> I bet you do. <laughs> Just <laughs> on cloud nine every yeah. day, waking up like, God, I get to tell a joke today. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> and I never do. <laughs> That's right. So it says, uh, most many people grow up wanting to be secret agents. I fell into the field somewhat by chance, though it turned out I was good at it and advanced quickly. <laughs> okay. Bra Great. Brag a little. Yeah. Uh, less than a year into the job, I volunteered to deploy into Iraq. Keyword, volunteered. <laughs> okay? okay, let's remember that going forward. Yeah. Where the U.S. was hunting down terrorists like Abu Musab, al-Zarqawi, and dismantling al-Qaeda organizations. I learned how to fire a rifle, ram a car, search my vehicle for bombs, and withstand torture. But one okay. night in the U.S. while sitting down at a restaurant with my non-work friends, I too casually mentioned that suicide bombers tend to decapitate themselves in their attacks. A suicide vest tends to destroy the neck and send a head sailing. My friends turned to that me with horror so and shock. <laughs> I was reminded that I shouldn't talk about this part of my life with my, quote, normal friends. And then I'm just going to editorialize here a little <laughs> bit. So instead, I wrote an article in Politico that millions of normies would be forced to read. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean forced uh. to read? I mean that if you're the kind of person who reads Politico, you no longer do things for enjoyment, but solely out of obligation. Mm. <laughs> Facts. Facts. Uh, I mean, we're, we're wringing some enjoyment out of this. I'm having a fun time. Yeah, I'm having a great time. But also, like, I'm not the intelligence agent who's like, oh my god, I have signed up for so many atrocities. And mm. now this guy who's trying to buy me a sidecar and ask me how work is going is looking at me like I just told him I'm an alien because I was like, did you know that when the terrorists blow themselves up, it's just like a, it's like a <laughs> symphony of blood. Like, <laughs> Sometimes the head flies 20 feet up into the air. This CIA agent or whatever the fuck he is, is autism coded because he's constantly bringing up shit without uh, thought of the social ramifications. I think right, it's a lady, Heather Williams. Yeah, yeah, Heather. Oh, yeah. so I don't have the article in front of me. I stopped bring up the articles because the paywalls. Sorry about that. Yeah, fuck oh, the no paywalls. <laughs> but she continues, she says a portion of U.S. intelligence professionals are in the military, but many are civilians. That doesn't stop them from serving in Iraq, Afghanistan, and a host of other dangerous places. Many, like I did, wear a Kevlar helmet and body armor carry a loaded weapon and are classified legal combatants. Others watch hours of beheading videos to identify ISIS trademarks, conduct heartbreaking searches for POWs, or identify human remains at the sites of terrorist attacks. Okay, but you still don't have it as bad as Facebook content moderators, so fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, fuck you. I don't care. And also, like, this whole, this whole equivocating where it's like, some of us aren't even in the military and we still have to see beheading videos. It's like, motherfucker, I saw beheading videos when I was 12. I was yeah, there's like internet. multiple subreddits just for that. Just for it. Yeah. And every single day, like I, I just saw a video today of an IDF soldier who 
executed a man that I mean they fought and then he knocked the man down and then he walked he walked away and then walked back over and shot him while he was laying on the ground. I saw Jesus. that today with my own eyes mm-hmm. and I'm supposed to feel bad for intelligence agents for the shit they see on a job site they signed up for where they said, I'm going to be a fucking spy. I hope I don't see any blood, buddy. You made the sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. People complaining about their Spotify wrapped my brother in Christ. You listened to the songs. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I uh it's it's insane. I mean like we, we already on this episode we've talked about the various ways in which just horrific like abhorrent acts, mm-hmm. crimes against other humans, crimes against humanity are laundered by these publications um which essentially serve as like for most libs like these uh, news outlets are like the paper of record, right? They're like and, the golden plates in Mormonism. They are the word of gospel. Yeah. Their whole, uh, their whole job is to launder the excesses and just violent, you know, atrocities of the ruling class and their clients. Yeah, and then they Absolutely. want you to feel bad for their running dogs. Yeah. They want you to be like, oh no, the street toughs enforcers for the world mafia got a boo boo on a mission. I'm sorry, you're not a Sopranos character. You're not Polly Walnuts. I sincerely don't give a fuck what happens to you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not invested. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, there is a weird trend that it feels like the internet has uh, made more and more common where it's like people who are doing something bad also want to be able to like, trumpet it and be like this is why you should feel bad for me in this situation mm-hmm. like i was just thinking about this because there's i don't know if you guys saw this this thread on twitter some lady was basically talking about when she used to be a uh, grad student at a college and there was some kind of teacher's grad student strike and she was like well here's how poor i was when i grew up and i was really poor at the time so blah blah oh, yeah. blah here's why i crossed the picket line and it's like it's not even that i don't like if she really like believed that she had a reason to do this and it's like whatever you justify it to yourself, you want to do this bad thing. But then she also wants to be able to like come out and tell everyone on the internet, here's all the list of the reasons I did this thing and how it actually makes me a good person and not (laughs) a bad person. And it's like the same attitude you see in this article is like, well, I'm the fact that I'm exposed to all this violence and bloodshed. uh, It makes me actually a noble person that I can get through it. Well, and here's the most interesting thing is there are people who are noble people who do sometimes need exceptions to the rule and you Mm -hmm. never, ever find them walking around broadcasting that information (laughs) because they're not doing it to get acclaim for themselves. There's Mm -hmm. this excellent movie called The Organizer. It's an Italian film. Hmm. And uh, we did an episode on the Patreon feed on Work Stoppage, if anybody wants to check it out, where we talked about it in depth. But there's this very important scene where there's this... um, uh, what's that island in the south of Italy? Uh, Sicily? Sicily. There's this um, Sicilian uh, man, and he is like much poorer than the rest of the workers in the factory. And they're getting ready to strike. They're like, we're not going in tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I am too poor to not go in. Please, can I have an exception? And they laugh at him. They tell him no. And then they come to his house to confront him. And when they walk into his house, they see the destitution that he's living in. The mm-hmm. absolute, just the utter poverty. Mm-hmm. And they have a change of heart and they say, look, 
will let you specifically go in because you obviously need this. And so he goes into the factory and the the capitalists, the owners are like very, very excited that he's walked in. They're like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for being here. Uh, you know, can, can you please? And he's like, you know, I just want to work. Just let me work. And they're like, no, 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 you need to go out. You need to talk to the other workers and get them to come in too. We're going to parade you around. And, um, as soon as he realizes that they're trying to manipulate him, he turns around and threatens them with scissors and starts to try to fight them. Hell yeah. <laughs> Which is nice. very, very King fucking shit. cool. And awesome. that's the attitude of a person who really needs the exception. Mm-hmm. They have the fucking solidarity with you. They know that what they're doing is not something like if there was a this this era's version of Twitter, my man would not have been on it. He's too busy trying to fight the boss with a pair of scissors. Rocks. <laughs> Hell yeah. That sounds great. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, great movie. It's in the Criterion Collection for good reason. Sick. They used to put good movies in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Marvel and DC universes are my Criterion Collection. That's right. <laughs> my Criterion Collection is David Lynch's Dune. That's it. That's the only movie <laughs> in it. So good. That's right. Fucking love that movie. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, uh, moving on anyway, uh, Alex Jones is bankrupt now. He oh, wow. got, uh, yeah. What a coincidence. He, as soon as he owed a billion dollars, he's out of money. That's strange. <laughs> How curious, Alex <laughs> Jones. You claim to be wealthy and yet you can't pay up a billion dollars. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> uh, this is an interesting case because it's like you take a guy that everybody hates and then he's the test case for whether freedom of speech is real. And it turns out it's not. And also, if you piss off somebody with enough lawyers enough, they will take all your money. Well, isn't so that like, always how America has been? I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. No, I don't it's think it's a, a really, it's a, a, f- it's a wake up speech. Well, issue. It, it is. He was committing slander and libel. I mean, pretty straight up and down, like under any country's definition of slander. Yeah, but and what libel. we do on this show could be equally. That's as, not really the same. I mean, like I get what you're saying, but it's, n- there's a qualitative difference there. He was making direct accusations with no, no buff. Like, and, and, and coordinating a sustained campaign is different than doing a bit. I mean, if, yeah, like, <laughs> like coordinating, real. <laughs> a, coordinating a campaign against people is one thing. Yes. But if I just go on a podcast and say, and, and, you know, randomly accuse a public figure of a crime, I should be able to do that. First I should thing- be allowed to do that without. <laughs> being sued into destitution you know what i'm about to say first they came for the man who was in waking life and now is harassing <laughs> sandy hook Perry. he was in that movie that rotoscoped movie i don't about think yeah, i don't think he's actually gonna pay a billion dollars he can't he doesn't yeah. have it yeah how is he gonna get a billion dollars like sell let's, one billion of those supplement jars he sells let's put this in terms alex jones listeners can understand hmm. he's not that liquid <laughs> I love hearing that from billionaires. Yeah. Uh, the liquidity isn't really there, uh, man. I'm not shut liquid up. right now. <laughs> oh, are your are your finances like that show on Nickelodeon where like the teen detective could turn herself into a silver gel that would travel around pipes so, in the house? So if <laughs> what show was that? If they knew that no. he couldn't pay Alex, a billion dollars, uh, then what? Alex why did they like do the? Why did the judge be like, you have to pay a billion dollars? Like, so that, that's the question you have to ask. Like, what is the motivation there? Obviously he's not going to pay a billion dollars because he doesn't have a billion dollars. So what, what is the game plan for giving him this insane, uh, penalty? 
Well, he's going to get as close as possible, obviously. The Secret World of Alex Mack is an American television series that ran from October 8, 1994 to January 15, 1998 on Nickelodeon. I knew wow. this wasn't a fever dream I had. Yeah, yeah wow. it's about a teenage girl who turns into a silvery liquid and can travel through the pipes in people's houses. It's a crazy That's, show. It's just the silver surfer. It's yeah. <laughs> no, it, it what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've never seen, I never yeah. uh, read any of the comics, so I just kind of assumed that was what it was about. His ass is from space. Oh, wow. I love it. <laughs> Did you see this DVD cover for this show, John, where she has the overalls and like a backwards denim hat, and then it looks like somebody's like first Photoshop project, or it's like just your average teenager with superpowers, and she has stuff floating all around her? No, I did. Pretty awesome. This sounds incredible. This is really insane. She's like, I mean, the mid '90s were like a crazy era for content production. If mm -hmm. you knew how to use any of the emerging like editing technologies, you were hired. Mm -hmm. Like, (laughs) yeah, absolutely. And then it's just yeah, put a backwards baseball cap on a child actor, and then it's like they're a cool teen with attitude, and they're going to do something insane. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, Alex Jones. Uh, uh, it's out of money. All yeah. I'm saying is that Fake you should be person. able to... All I'm saying is that if you have a podcast or a media thing, you should be able to talk some shit. All right? There should mm-hmm. not... Like, oh, if you're coordinating some sort of campaign against people, that's different. But if you're just talking shit, you shouldn't be... It shouldn't be allowed to sue people for talking shit. I'm a big believer in talking shit. I'm always doing it. I'm if, also if extremely litigious, so go ahead, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I got the Talk best shit lawyers. To my lawyers. <laughs> Alex Jones yeah. is like, I got the worst fucking attorneys. Yeah, can you, actually, this, what lawyer? this really is is a gigantic fail on the part of Alex Jones's attorneys. They did such a bad job. Yeah, who's your lawyer, Alex? Old Gil from The Simpsons? <laughs> 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 oh no, uh, I accidentally texted all of his pornography to the defense counsel or the prosecution. I don't know how this works. Old Gil's in it again. Like, <laughs> it's just him and then Charlie's uncle from It's Always Sunny who wears those oven mitts because he thinks his hands are too small. It's just those two guys. Then that, they're the whole team. That's all he's got going for him. That is the best uh, That is the best legal defense that uh, $100,000 of Alex Jones supplement money could buy. <laughs> That's also crazy to me too, like a billion dollars. Like it did make me question like, wait, how much money does Alex Jones have? Like how, how successful is being a right wing grifter in this country? Cause there's a lot of them. You got to think like they're directly competing with each other. And who's the biggest, like who's the best paid right wing pundit? Mm, That's Uh, a fair question. I mean, I guess you like Tucker, like Tucker Carlson, maybe like, yeah, yeah, he's just like, he's a ratings King. He's uh, a, He's on Fox primetime. He has a morning and a night show. So right? apparently he's Alex Jones is worth wow. no more than $10 million. Wow. So why is it? I don't Sucks understand why, like, what is the goal of, um, of finding in the name of the plaintiff for 1.5 billion? Like, is it just big number, make headline, make revenue for media go up is that what it is yeah Mm -hmm. it it, it does kind of feel like a if you have a hammer everything looks like a nail situation like if you're a whole system built around money it's like well the worse you are the more money you should pay as punishment yeah and i don't even care that it's happening to alex jones because he signed up for this circus it's like you live by the media circus you die by the media circus and alex jones was one of the biggest media circus ringleaders for a very long time and just because like one america news network or whatever has better funding now He's in dire straits. And it's mm-hmm. just like, it's like watching 
shitty pop country stars get old and burn out. That's what <laughs> Alex Jones is. He's just like the right wing talk show host version of like, mm. I literally cannot name one shitty pop country star, but it's you know exactly are, who there, I mean. There are no shitty pop country they stars. They all have names that Florida are... Florida Georgia Line, mm. Brooks, Brooks and Dunn. Uh, is Garth Brooks old at this point? Like uh, Kenny out of- Chesney. All of those names just run together for me. It's like when you see the names of logistics companies and it's just like <laughs> Freight <laughs> International, uh-huh. Logitechs, uh, Overland Transport. Mm-hmm. Package <laughs> you- Solutions. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, man, I swear to God, if you ask me to recall any one of those words, I'm just going to be like, mm-hmm. truck. Yeah, (laughs) they want to just arrive in the dead of night and like leave no trace we have one here in west michigan called grass mid solutions grass mid that's what i'm fucking talking about that's awesome yeah i have an old photo of it i posted to twitter i'll dig it up at some point yeah that's my logistics company yeah so in uh (laughs) in other logistics news uh biden's student loan forgiveness programs blocked again Yep. And uh double block. So oh he announced that he's pushing the moratorium on repayments and interest, I think till May or June or something. We'll right. see if that actually happens. This is I'll tell you exactly what's going to happen. They're gonna fight it out in the courts for probably a couple of years. Yeah. Um it's never gonna be true student loan forgiveness. It's eventually gonna morph into this political football that they just kick the can down the road that like they're key they keep the people in debt. But they're just like, yeah, we're mm-hmm. just going to keep deferring payments for as long as possible. And then slowly the government it, it, and you know what it actually does while uh, the government places the hold on the debt. It's uh, people aren't going out of their way to try and, you know, um, it, it, when you owe debt and it gets sold to different uh, entities, you can challenge the debt because if the chain mm-hmm. of custody of the debt is broken by these shady like loan buying companies like you can just like if they screw up once you can basically have your debt forgiven and so uh, while all this is it's it's essentially going to be a circus for and they're going to hold it over your head they're going to be like well you better vote for a democrat or you're going to have to pay your student loans and And that's what it's going to be for the next like three to four years and people are using this as like a political hot button issue unwilling to face the fact that like democrat brain is what caused this problem Mm -hmm. it was already a solution that did not even remotely begin to address the origin of the problem the symptoms of the problem that it did treat it treated as sparingly as possible and then it was deliberately set up to fail so that it could be kicked down the road this way and like like you said, if we do eventually get anything out of this, it's going to be the most watered down, unusable version of the legislation. And also, people will have fucking forgot about it. It'll just be a tiny little blip. It'll be like, remember, technically, 10 people got a dollar forgiven. Well, <laughs> we'll move on now. Nice job, Joe Biden. We love it. Thanks, President Brampton. <laughs> Thanks. Pre- thank you, President Brockhampton. Oh, seven. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, um, so. It was like the whole thing was bad in the first place because the government was going to step in to make lenders whole uh, it, with by, yeah. by executive action. Just like go for gold and say, yeah. hey, lenders. Yeah, we're going to put holes in, in you like we're just going to you are not allowed to collect on this debt. Like, the hey, debt lenders, is, it, you have to forgive the debt lenders like. Uh, it's time instead, to pay the price. <laughs> yeah, like instead they're going to you know use mon- modern monetary theory and basically like the in the in the end like the borrowers are going to pay 
but not necessarily to the student loan companies. They're just going to end up having to pay to the government, right? Because the forgiveness is going to be taxed as income. <laughs> they, they could just give the money straight to Nestle and skip the middleman if they want. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like, come on. Yeah. So it's a big club. You're not in it. Student loan forgiveness is probably not going anywhere. Uh, we can wait for two to three more hell years of deliberation over that. Um, is there anything Literally, else you can expat and just like not think about it ever again. Like if you're down yes, to sir. just move to like Vietnam, like that's the plan. If shit hits the fan, I'm heading to Vietnam. Fucking love Vietnamese food. It's super cheap. You can retire there with like 30 grand basically and live an amazing life. Uh, I see, and, and I, they can't come after you for debt. I want to move. Can't. I want to move to Ireland, but for totally selfish reasons. I mean, like there are really cool political currents in Ireland, but it's not like a socialist country or anything. But um, it's just that they really like Y two K era breakbeat music, like the Chemical Brothers yeah. and stuff. Oh, sick, I, okay. Ireland culturally is awesome, and there's but, also a huge uh, math rock scene like there, which I fucking love. Oh, you would clean up. <laughs> like half of that country is still under the thumb of. Uh, the, like England, right? Well, like, not half, but yeah, on, part. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like the you know Northern Ireland, and like yeah. Uh, in, in case you're wondering, beep beep is for Irish unification. Yes. All right. Yeah, that's we're correct. an Irish unification podcast. Give the whole island back, you motherfuckers, that's and right. start giving <laughs> other stuff back too. Come out, yeah. you black and tans. Give yeah. it all back. Give Cornwall back. Anyway, uh, you this, so much. this has been beep beep. Lies. I don't even think there is a Cornish independence movement anymore. There might be. I don't mean any <laughs> give disrespect. It, give it to them is. anyway, even if they yeah. don't want it back. Give it back. Anyway, yeah, this is your beep beep lettuce for the week. Thank you so much for listening. Check out my other show, Work Stoppage, if you want to hear more about labor and union news. Brian's other show, Generation Loss, if you want to hear more about film and TV. And Todd's shop, Doomer.shop, a great place to get cute little things embroidered on hats and all manner of other apparel. Uh, yeah. thing, uh, block toys that are legally distinct from Legos, but you can build cool trucks with them. Lego compatible mm -hmm. tobacco pipes. Uh, <laughs> and water pipes. Until next week, thank you so much for listening. Stay high, goodbye. And be fun, y'all. Goodbye. Goodbye.